With little bigger milk. K19 is ready to fulfill her mission. This episode is Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut cinema that's hard and uncut stick us in your ear thrill to this month's picks and come and listen in we're measuring flicks hello everyone welcome to measuring flicks i'm carl hart and i'm max peterson act it weird <laughs> you did like i i thought i was gonna stick my landing i landed all over you <laughs> yes. it, was, it was like you, <laughs> the you're turning to the audience doing your bows and meanwhile i'm in the air off of the yeah the... That's okay. It's okay. You know, when there's 19 weeks between episodes, get a little rusty. It's true. Lots Actually, you know what it is, Carl, is we're all fucked up and melting from radiation. Yeah, we're all it's depressed and like brains. feeling patriotic for... Oh, my God. All right. It, we are finally wrapping up. <laughs> In June? Well, no, yeah. what month is No, this? no. This is the guns of August. Oh, And okay. we're, just, we're just tabbing that last one on... That's right. Uh, I think we've been avoiding it because it's... Oh, Holy shit. Man. Was I not ready for this nope. movie? All right. So let's dive right on in. Before we do anything else, we're going to thank our patrons because we are a listener supported podcast. If you like what we do, if you want to keep pushing <laughs> us up this hill that we're yes. doing it on for a little while, head on over to patreon.com slash quill and film Q U I L L A N D F I L M. You get uh, like full length bonus episodes, shout outs on the Tons show. Of stuff over there. Honestly, the patrons themselves are like becoming their like one of my own rewards. I get to go and watch them interact with each other, and also um, it's a cool way to interact directly with us. You can drop us messages and stuff. So anyway, the patrons, the people who make this possible, are, and we thank them from the bottom of our hearts. Yes, baloney shoes, mm-hmm. the old meat. <laughs> Meat boot, meat booters. <laughs> I thought you were going from the other way, and I was ready for a sip of coffee. I'm like, I wasn't quite ready for, for baloney shoes. shoes. Yeah, I know. Maybe like deeper. Are you in ever the list. really ready nope. for baloney shoes? It's like a hard bat in the head at the yeah. beginning of the list. You're like, holy shit, baloney shoes. <laughs> it gets you ready. It wakes you up. A it little primes bit. you, and then you're like, okay, Leslie Ty, Cassandra, Jeffrey T. Morgan. That's right, local famed local filmmaker Jeffrey T. Morgan mm-hmm. is one of our patrons. Kevin Ramirez. Are holding down the East Coast for us. Yep. Sister Sarah Hartley, William Rockwood, Brian Jackson, Kelly and Mike Wagner. I'm slowly turning into you like are. some like 40s. Kelly and Mike Wagner. Yeah. It's I was dreaming of the the NPR microphone. You were. I started I started soft jazz. The the DJing the Sure Z ninety three point three the Rock FM or whatever. Yep. <laughs> the two a.m. slot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we also like to thank Katie Clark. <laughs> thank you, Katie Clark. Katie Clark is back on the list. Hell yeah, man. Thank Th- you, Katie Clark. Yeah. Well, welcome back to the fold, Katie Clark. That's, we were talking before the show off, Mike, about how every every month the like the the patronage like fluctuates a the small ebb and amount. Flow. There's the ebb and flow of like tax codes and Right. And, uh, we'd like to thank Daniele Hartelli, Connor Sweeney, Casey Shibe, and John Shibe. 
both of those dudes are Casey's teaching classes now too. That's so she's incredible. doing her crazy wild job and she's teaching and she's about to compete in a I don't know if I should I don't know if she wants people to know but she's going to p- be competing in a powerlifting competition. That's amazing. Pretty dude. shortly. Yeah, dude, Casey's a she's a badass. John Boy's doing some crazy shit out there too. Yeah, some some really interesting photography yeah. stuff and also some I don't know if it's up on social media but I know he's also been working on some sort of film type stuff some of it like you know nice. doing commercial spots and things like that but i mean he's got such an eye i was gonna he say such he an, has he has an eye that he's one. got the eye definitely the eye. yeah um you know who else has their eyes melting out of their heads <laughs> <laughs> the the delightful jovial happiest crew you'll ever know that yeah. ever sailed the seven seas you know carl some of these movies this month have been kind of you know war is pretty harrowing it's, it's kind of tough right so i you I'm know i'm so glad we went out on like a more a lighter one, you know. Because what did we like, watch just before this? Was like the Hunt for Red October. The Hunt for Red October. Like, oh, I like submarine movies. Let's right. do another <laughs> Let's one. Let's do one more. Yeah, that, that was really fun. It was kind of like James Bond, but on a submarine. Yeah. And we're like, yeah. But, and then we watched we watched a good, a nice light one. We watched uh, Down Periscope. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. We, sure we didn't. didn't. There's no Kelsey Grammar in this one. <laughs> Fuck no. We accidentally. Oh, is it, what did we look? Oh, we watched 2002's. K-19, The Widowmaker. The Americans have forward deployed a George Washington-class submarine with Polaris nuclear missiles. Unfortunately, our response is still in dry dock. He was the elite of the Russian Navy. To undertake an exercise of this scope may be, with respect, premature. There is no doubt in my mind that K-19 is ready to fulfill her mission. The pride of the high command. Sea trials begin in two weeks. The boat isn't ready. We deliver or we drown. The shield of Mother Russia. No sailors have been given such a boat as K-19. It is the finest submarine in the world. We will not fail. I just hope you pick the right men. But in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean... We're sitting on a pile of uranium. Wrap this around your private parts. <laughs> he was all that stood between the superpowers. I have a contact dead ahead. Continue the dive. 300 meters is close to crush depth. I know. And total nuclear war. Captain, they fired a torpedo. Fire missile three. He nearly got us killed today. The political branch gives you the authority to approve any change of command. Based on an astonishing true story. You needlessly endangered this boat and its crew. Report! We've got a link! The core is heating up. The mission's over. I'll tell you when the mission is over. The radiation is going to kill us all. No! Core temperature is 450 degrees of K-19 has broken off radio contact. Harrison Ford. Our situation is desperate. At any moment, we could have an explosion. Hiroshima, 1.4 megatons. Liam Neeson. No captain in the Soviet Navy has ever been faced with such decisions. The fate of the boat, the crew, the fate of the world, all in the balance. I want my men off this boat. Some men pray for miracles. I would rather die than abandon my men. Heroes fight for them. Service the boat! 950! All right. 
2002. 2002. So oh, this... That movie's almost 20 years old as the math checks out. I mean, I don't know what month it was released, but yeah, it's about... Ah, oh, damn it, I closed all the tabs. Yeah, it's closer to 20 than it, than it is not Der- 20. It's true. I mean, you, dude, this movie's aged really well. I, I think so. Obviously, there's some like like video, uh, like there's some special effects. The that... enhanced. Anytime they tried to use the new technology, like mm. <clears throat> computer graphic enhancement, it gets a little soggy. But anytime it's practical or you're in the boat and you're shooting on film, right? I mean, this could be from any era of film. It could be. It's mostly just, and it's not even. It's not even that many. It's like you no, know, no, like no. rocket going up in the sky. That looks a little bit like anytime they launch a torpedo or shoot a rocket off that isn't practical, it looks a little goofy. But like that aside, and that is such like a like a minus one percent. You know what I mean? Like this this movie is fucking outrageously good. I when you suggested this one as instead of Das Boot, yeah, just because. We'd already done some pretty, like, really... I knew we didn't have four hours of uncut, yeah. like... And we didn't have time to watch it, and we yeah. really wanted to watch it together. So when you suggested K-19 The Widowmaker, I, I remembered, like, the movie poster from when I was a kid, and I was like, oh, yeah, it's got Harrison Ford in it. Mm-hmm. I remember not hearing much about it. Up-and-comer and, Liam Neeson. And we're, yeah, because he's pretty young in this one. I mean, he'd been doing stuff by this point. Yeah, he'd but... done, like, the, <clears throat> the, the Scottish movie. And he had done the not Scottish movie. Yep, and he did then, those ones. Those but two. he hadn't done the "I'll come, I'll come for you" with my particular this is set of skills. Pre, this is pre his like action movie pivot. Yeah. But so he's, and you can kind of tell too because he is the performance that is in this. I was so expecting this to be kind of like shitty war B movie. Sure, you know what I mean. Like one of those, you know, pump them out in the '90s, kind of like summer action. Like spy, and it really thriller. starts that way, dude. It, you feel like that's what you're gonna get for the first half hour, especially if you have. I didn't. I this is my fault. I didn't know who Catherine Bigelow was. So this is directed by Catherine Bigelow. Stars Harrison Ford, uh, Liam Neeson, Peter Stebbings, Christian Camargo. It's a huge cast because yeah, there's a lot of crew. There, this movie's worth a hundred percent worth watching. I would say so. I for me this is probably my second favorite of all the movies from the Guns of August. Yeah, like, it it's uh, yeah skyrocketed there for me too. I thought it was gonna land on well twelve o'clock high. I think is a high water mark. I agree for sure. But yeah. you know I've kind of grown a little bit on the bridge too far. <laughs> wait, wait, a wee wait. bit. Okay. I kind of want to go back and watch it again just because it's such a weird fucking it's, movie. Okay. And how much we've talked about it. What what are, where is it? softening for you in your head where's the, the rose-colored glasses well movie? it's if i really want something on in the background while i take a nice nap oh, sort I, of a so that's what you're gonna revisit it might <laughs> replace the 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 dune the the og dune mm-hmm. um because that used to be my like my nap movie you put on dune it's long enough and you're like i'm good for three hours <laughs> yeah when I, when you hear the credit music you wake up yeah. you're like i, I slept that yeah, wasn't a exactly. nap. I, I just slept. Okay. But I think my, th- this might be the, the nap replacement feature because you want something you wrote, you don't really care about too much. By the time And by the time you get to like the actually harrowing stuff near mm-hmm. the end, you're asleep. You're asleep. And then you wake up and people are bloody and you're like, oh. Right. During the early part when you're kind of dozing, you get to see the really the parachute amazing parachute and stu- sequence yes, and stuff yes. like that. And then by the time you get to the truly harrowing hell of the tank rolling down the tight alley firing directly at you that's just that becomes a nightmare that you're having 
da. Here's asleep. He's no, you're on the couch hearing the gunfire, and then suddenly that nice pastoral dream you were having, where everyone was Sometimes having that. Sometimes I need a little. Parade. Sometimes I need a little bit of that. Do you really want your dreams scored with? You know, you're right. You know, you're right. No, I don't. Not even a little bit. Look, in the sake of science, you should try and nap at least once to a bridge too far. I will try because I said it on on a on a professional podcast. (laughs) Report back. Yeah, that's right. Report back. Beginning. We get paid by people to do this. That's right. Um, Lean how my dream experiments work. Uh, so we yeah. Dude, yeah, that's what you get over on the Patreon. Like, <laughs> yeah, we talk about movies. Forward, like, so how did that bridge too far nap go Deep for you? Freudian analysis <laughs> of Carl's bridge too far nap. <laughs> You're like, all these penises were falling like <laughs> bombs on the city. <laughs> some were cut, some were uncut. The b- <laughs> different state of turge. <laughs> the bombs struck in a pattering sound, a sort of boom, 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 sort of sound. <laughs> I get it exactly. The bombs. They sound like the. It's the Pornhub beat. Beat. (sighs) Yeah, we haven't done the show in a while. It's been a minute. I was excited to talk to you. We haven't seen each other in weeks. Yeah, like we've talked. Was it betrayal night? Was the last night that we're yeah like together in the same space? Yeah. Wow, dude. Uh, yeah. Fall winery work is no shit. It is for been out of control. Has been so. What also is out of control, Carl, is this movie. This movie, yes. So, Catherine Bigelow, I'm like, okay, oh, right on. A female director, that's amazing. Then I went to her IMDb page and realized that she was the director of The Hurt Locker, Zero Dark Thirty, Strange Days, and uh, she's also- Point Break. Point Break, and she's the remake, right? Or the original. No, the OG. Yeah, the OG Point Break. She directed Swayze and and Reeves. Yeah, dude. Surfers, the ex-presidents, man. Come on, man. A deep bench of, like, moy primo shit. The Hurt Locker was one of- We've been talking about doing The Hurt Locker for a war Three years now, Yeah. It was one of our- One that was on the table for season one. Yeah. Season zero. When we first got together, Hurt Locker was- Right there. Yep. So I think it's interesting that we're kind of tiptoeing into Catherine Bigelow with K-19, the Widowmaker, because... <laughs> Way to tiptoe into, like... <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> All right, how do you make a movie? <laughs> it's like we thought we were going into a pond, but it turns out we were swimming at a quarry. Yeah. So we tiptoed in, a and then it was... radioactive quarry. Yeah, where the water's like a green glowing stew, and your skin's sloughing off into a puddle around you. Holy we shit, thought is we're, this movie We thought we are going out on one of those paid cruises where you go fishing outside of shit, and you're on Chernobyl. A three-hour tour. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, when you texted me Chernobyl boat the other day, I almost fucking <laughs> died. That is exactly if what this, this is. movie is. I had no idea. I thought this was going to be subs hunting each other and let's shoot lots of torpedoes. Yeah. It's literally just about well, like. Well, even the trailer, it sort of glosses the importance of that bit. Yeah. The whole third act of everyone melting. Oh, my God, <laughs> man. <laughs> they were, like, like, with this, like, slowly dying, like, oh my sick God. cell death, you know, just quivering in the corner. The trailer does make it seem like it's, like, part of the thing. It's, like, a like, little, uh, uh, oh, no, there's been a leak. We've got it sealed. On we go. It's Torpedoes like, are in the wild, like, part right. of the Yeah. Yeah. It, like, it's, an, it's a moment that yes. happens, but it's not. It's, like, almost a third of the movie is yeah. just, like. God, the reactor. <laughs> we have Where? to save two more people. <laughs> my hands are falling oh, off God. my bones. <laughs> You're like, oh my, please, no more. Fire a torpedo at yeah. something, I beg you. Let's, let's Fire it <laughs> at us, please. So let's go right from the top and yeah, go man. through, because the arc from, you know, 
I do not believe this broth is ready. <laughs> From that yeah. to the end of this movie, which damn, which is dude. maybe the single greatest. This might okay. Twelve o'clock high mm-hmm. is let's set it aside. Right. I mean that's high watermark, right? That is a very profoundly good okay. movie. But if you set that <laughs> face pubes in my mouth, if you, <laughs> if you set that aside, oh, um, no, you're good. There's like by the end, you get this movie. You get the like. What good are honors from such people? And that's where you end up from like, oh, the bottle didn't break. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> you know? The, oh, my God. What a fucking journey. Um, I loved the opening titles. That like weird, the weird like, all the weird kind of like, uh, what's it called? Krillic, their language? Yeah. The, the Russian, all those like weird Russian looking figures. You maniacs! You blew it up! Oh, damn you! God! Damn you all to hell! All right, listener. Just because I like the behind-the-scenes stuff. Yeah, my, me too. My dogs just ran through the, the our recording studio. I don't know why there were dogs in the recording studio. Why do you like dogs in the studio? Oh, I'm Max. sorry. I realize now we're sitting in my dining room. Yes. <laughs> next to the dog crate. So uh, they ran through and knocked, pulled the sockets out of the walls. I saw it happen. Holy shit. Like two seconds before it happened. I, I, could, I was powerless to do anything about for it. For years, I've seen you look over my shoulder, and I never turn because it's usually ghosts. Yes, and I don't really correct. want that. So This is why I face the wall. Yes. Yeah. And this is why I can see the entire the entirety of the horror that's behind you. But no, when your eyes slipped off me, I was like, well, ghost behind me, not looking. And then the power cut out, and I was like, oh, <laughs> oh shit, it's real this time. <laughs> that's why Carl's hair went white. <laughs> no, dude, that's... um. That's the the uh, the autumn the autumn the the fall wine <laughs> winery yeah, that's fall business. Wine My hair is going white too. I'm 31 and yeah. I have I have legit. I actually kind of wineries will age you. Right, like on the bottom of the of the sideburns, well, like at the very bottom of my jaw. Are you getting little... white patches on both sides? Like I, dude, it's gonna look like I intentionally bleached like the your, bottom of my sideburns. It's side like burns. your Doctor Strange, but it hit your chops instead of your temple. Yeah, I'm like yeah. I'm like Hesher Doctor Strange. <laughs> <laughs> All right, K nineteen, the Widowmaker. Uh, we so some of the stuff that got lost in the electrical search right. that my dogs did. Oh, then they took out my bar cart and knocked. Dude, all they my, went fucking crazy. They're they, like, "How much shit can we break?" Yeah, We're they already went fucked. Shit. <laughs> They're like, "Before he catches us, let's just trash the whole joint." Um, so the opening title sequences are amazing. They're this kind of uh, like acrylic letters. It looks like Russian writing is yeah. like kind of floating around the screen and then they resolve like um like one of those illusions where you turn and then suddenly you can see the face. It's a schooner. A sc- oh yeah, yeah, you're like or ball, cat, dog, dick, you know. Yes. It's the classics. Um it fades into K19 the Widowmaker and you're like, "Oh, that was wicked." And then you get what do you, I always love a movie where they're like before we begin, here's some homework. A little history for you. Yeah. Two paragraphs. Read this. I dig it. Especially when you're talking about a film that is actually based on things that actually happened. Yeah. You got to understand, as a filmmaker, you have two choices, mm-hmm. right? You can either let your audience go in completely blind right. and learn everything as they go and hopefully will will um, will understand the, the, the greater relevance of the story and appreciate that it was actually something that has occurred. Right. Or you, you know, can just give them, them based on true events and, throw and them then in the throw deep them end. in, right? Yeah, yeah. Or you give them a little bit of history, right. which which puts a movie in a very unique area in your brain where you're well, it's trained you right away to, to like, this is more documentary than film. It just happens to be filmed right. with actors. But 
I, well, I was wondering, do you think that by giving like more context up top, mm-hmm. it kind of allays some of the, you know, I feel like you don't have to do as much exposition awkwardly in the moment. I think it I think it releases some of that. You don't have to worry as much about this. So, you know, last time when we were the first ones to you do can this keep thing. it out of the dialogue. Right. Exactly. So that the, you so can just, yeah, I would yeah. in a movie like this where it's, a, I think, an important sort of film to watch because it's one, it's part of history. Right. And it's it's a. Um, it's a movie about valor and and sailors having each other's backs like for real. Right. It, we we're one of the things we said in all the episodes, having just cut all the war stuff. We yeah. keep talking about how we're going to watch Das Boot, but we end up never doing it. However, K nineteen is a really good. It's right leg. there. It's it's the same sort of story as Das Boot, a crew that is under extreme pressure i mean no pun intended because right. you're in a submarine <laughs> right but you know in, in this in, movie at crush depth yeah well times. yeah at das boot they're they're constantly getting tnt'd by by naval cruisers right. and in this movie there's a problem with their well, with I, their nuclear core but so to to your question about having those two paragraphs up front i think in a film like this it helps to eliminate some of that awkwardness like not having to have any of that sort of awkward exposition in yeah. dialogue in the film lets you focus on exactly what should be focused on, which is the problem at hand. And you don't have to have any of those weird, because sometimes those conversations in the film can take you right out of it because they show up, they shine like a fucking obnoxious, like flickering Bad bulb. exposition will yeah. kill dialogues. It- and it takes me a minute to get back into your movie. If you've eliminated most, uh, if not all, of the need for that up front by two paragraphs so we can focus on character and story, yeah. I'm absolutely all about it. Yeah. I, I was thinking that I, I also like that choice for this movie, too. It doesn't always work. No. Like, Sometimes you get a crawl of, like, five paragraphs, not like Star Wars. I mean, that works because it's supposed to be... And they just... You know the best part about the Star Wars crawl is, yes, you're making us read, a, like, a paragraph of something, but we're going to tip it at a crazy yeah. angle, so you're going to look at it like, what the fuck? Well, it's exactly... It's, it was ripped from all the serials that did the right, same thing, because they, they had to catch you up, because if you weren't here in the theater last week, right. you didn't catch episode six Rather of Flash Gordon, just, so we have to... I And, like, rather than just dumping a block of text on the screen... Let it crawl at a cool angle. Yeah, so you have something visual to watch. I like some modern movies are doing this, too, where they'll give you, like... Um, or, like, the alternative subtitles, like in The Shape of Water or mm-hmm. in John Wick, where, you're, where you'll get, like, this comic booky red, yes. like, the boogeyman, and then boogeyman will stay lit as the rest of the subtitle fades. I'm like, a huge fan of the advancement in... in subtitled film I when totally it works. agree I, I have a warm spot in my heart for like the subtitles oh if I'm gonna watch like Crouching Tiger with like the like Mandarin <laughs> like have like I don't want that kind of goofy fucking shit I want my text at the bottom right in a very harmless font yeah the art house the art house film is the yeah. perfect spot for here is the text because yeah. it's almost House of Flying Daggers I could probably Dude. have some like goofy like yeah, you could is if the movie's Kung like Fu an hustle. action. Yeah, yeah. I I feel like with any film pre two thousand and like five, right? Yeah, I would just want my standard subtitles. Absolutely. Don't update them, but yeah. I I like the direction they're going in. I'm sorry, I laughed. I just remembered Sean Connery having to speak Russian for like the first twenty minutes of Nora Nugara. Yeah, like one word at a time with like Gushla. Blorvglen. <laughs> like I don't think he. No, nah, it's not. He's he's he's, he's speaking, speaking like, in Russian with a Scottish accent, which is fucking weird. So sounding. the second that they get, they like do the cool 
fade in or like yeah. fade in and pull back and now we're listening in English, you're just like, Oh thank Christ. Right. <laughs> All right. That was such and go there for a minute. Oh, I was not sure I could was gonna be able to do this. I don't recall if there's that transition here if they're all just speaking english i think they are all speaking english like from, from the go. beginning yeah that's an other interesting choice for a filmmaker to have to like decide on when making a film like you could you and i could have said let's do a let's do a re- remake let's remake das boot okay right. when are we going to have them speaking english or german okay they're going to be speaking german for a while and then english where do we make the there's so right. many like decisions you have to make that as an audience member or as a casual viewer Right. That you don't even consider that as something that has to be like, it's a major decision to make. Like, I, are they speaking English the whole right. time, or we start with Russian? And Do you then go, go Mel into- Gibson with it, where you're doing Apocalypto and right. you're, re- you're reconstructing dead, dead languages, language. and, for, and people are learning that to speak it, or and you oh, and you don't always give subtitles for what's happening, right? And or like in Passion of the Christ, you have people speaking Aramaic, yeah. Like that, there's that level of commitment, and then there's K19, which. And I'm not saying that that's not a level of commitment. I think this is another great yeah. choice. Honestly, the other interesting choice is whether or not you have them do an accent if they're going to be speaking English. And if now that choice has to be consistent, though, it does. You like you can't have one guy in the back like, yeah, the fucking radio. <laughs> yeah, radiator <laughs> is fucked. These cars is fucking melting. There's water all over the goddamn place. It's pissing all over everything, and everyone else is My like, my baloney's turning into a shoe. <laughs> Well, come around, twist it, twist this handle. Don't fucking tell me what to do. You know, yeah. You can't have that. That's just a little. But the, that's an important conversation, especially given this film and the shit that Harrison Ford caught for his. He won a stinker award yeah. for worst accent male. Right, because movie. he was attempting an accent, and I think for me personally, it's a little bit. At first, right. I'm like, oh, this is not the best. But it works. It works. Like once you've sort of like eased into <laughs> eased it, it, into you his sold accent. yourself on yeah, that, dude. You're like, yeah. it works. No, it it does work. I pretty it does work. It's like I'm either gonna hate it the whole time or just like say, okay, he's he's made a choice. I immediately clearly. have a note. I don't I don't hate Harrison Ford's accent choice because here's here's my take on this is he got cast right. Yes. Harrison Ford as an actor sat down and he's like, can I do a fully immersed Daniel Day-Lewis pitch-perfect Russian accent for, a, like, a four-month shoot. Right. No. I don't think I can. How much can I manage and stay consistent? And this yes. is what he and did. that's what he came up with. And you know what, man? That's great. His accent's consistent all the way yep. through. And I do... I, I like that he... There's an understated quality to the accent. Where like we obviously we're gonna spend this whole fucking movie <laughs> making like making bad, fun, bad Russian choices. accents. However, right up top, I will acknowledge that I think like this boat is not meant for all of us is perfectly fine. Yeah, especially because because uh, because you, you have Neeson next to him who's also doing a Russian accent and Neeson's crushing it. Yeah, but his is subtle. He doesn't go. Russian's a hard one, man. It's just like any language you that you try he, to do in a movie. Do you think Liam Neeson kind of you know, like came down to meet Harrison Ford so that it, there wasn't a huge disparity in their accents? You know, I, I wasn't. That's interesting, right? Because I know Leeson. Leeson. Yeah. That's, that's short for Liam Leeson. Neeson. Everyone Leeson. knows Leeson. It's Everyone like J-Law, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Leeson, um, I think he has the chops to do a consistent accent. Well, really quick, I'm not saying but, that. No, he, no, no. I oh, think yeah. that he dumbed his down. Well, what I was just going to say is, I'm not saying that he dumbed his performance he down. He made a choice. He though. made a, a different choice than he might have otherwise. Where I'm saying maybe he was like, "All right, how can I 
really bring my A game and yet maintain a subtler sort of Russian yeah. accent that like accent work is so fucking precise and weird because there are different there's a spectrum yeah for if we, if you if I get cast in a role it's as risky right well that I'm playing say like again well, like a German character so there's a choice like how far how how much of that dial do you crank? Right. Am, am I doing a German accent that is is a German speaking person that has also spoken English most of their life mm. and has for the last few years spoken primarily English and has lost some of that that accent? So you're going with that where it's a little now more that's subtle. Like, that's like so hardcore deep accent work. Right. Then there's the other thing. But you I can think do. you have if you're gonna do a film or any a play that that has accent work you have to as an actor yeah. i believe make the choices just like any other bit of 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 homework that you do ahead of time right. where did this person come from what's their motivation all that shit to, that you hear and people make fun of yeah. but it's part of the fucking process and if you don't do it it shows so i think part of the important part of the accent work is to decide what this character where it where does their accent land on that meter are it's they forming it right are they are they kind of good at english but 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 mostly speak russian so but the other interesting thing is you are so you've decided that's your accent but fucking movies like this yeah. are weird because they're actually laterally yeah <laughs> speaking russian they are not speaking english no, they're, they're speaking russian and we're hearing and we're hearing it's like it's being translated for us, but they still have their Russian it's accent like while they're Adams speaking. It's like Douglas Adams' Babblefish. Exactly. You know? Where they're, or the translator device in The Last Starfighter. Yeah. Where, no, you're Which, hearing an, English, but, you And that's know. an added dimension to whatever accent work you're going to do. Because exactly. maybe a native speaker doesn't hear an accent as much, so a subtler choice is the right one. Right. Because, like, when you and I talk to each other, I don't, I don't, I'm not like, wow, Carl's that accent in that his Northern American Michigan, English is yeah, just that, that Northern Michigan. <laughs> and I'm assuming yeah. that people in Texas don't notice each other's drawl. Certainly not. So honestly, this is a pretty good choice for both of these actors. It's like, okay, we're speaking Russian, so we wouldn't hear a heavy pronounced accent. The accent if is any there. at all. Right. So you just make it enough that the American viewer can be like, those people are Russian. Yeah. So actually this, I'm going to, Go can go all the way back to the beginning and yeah. say this is really good accent work. I think so. Yeah, this yeah. is a cool choice. Before I forget, um, what I was gonna say is we all have we've all seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Mm-hmm. You get the fucking boom based on true events, and then you watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you realize that what they did was they were like, there was a guy in Wisconsin who had a bunch of skin in his house, and he. Mm, there were cannibals in the world somewhere. So Texas this is, is all, a big state. So this is all true. Yeah. You know, like, so I do think that sometimes, I think war movies suffer most for this because when you get a movie about a murderer and it's like based on true events, you don't really give much of a shit. No. We all know that murderers exist. So yeah, anytime we see someone kill someone else in a horrible, scary way on screen, we're like, that could happen to me. Right. But when you're ostensibly making a historical war film, I think as a filmmaker, one of the things you have to do approaching that is how do I kind of how do I add a note of authority yeah. to the events so that they I can make the audience tr- the audience is always going to know that you're going to punch the story up a bit so that it remains an engaging tale because honestly, huge chunks of this movie are probably like, and they sat around and felt sick while the boat went five miles an yeah, hour yeah. for days. Yeah, two days, forty-eight hours later. Right, and and if you tr- if you tell too much, if you really try and get all of it on the plate, you end up with a bridge too far. Right. So, and you also have to like amp up certain. Things. One of the bit of trivia that I love the most is like they screen this in front of a whole bunch of like 
like Russian sub folk, like yeah. like sailors and shit. And they were they would laugh during the mutiny scene, like how fucking or anytime people were getting like really aggressive and loud and like that would never happen in a Russian boat. That is for America. They do yeah the, the loud and uh, aggressive. It would it would not have been that way. It would right, have been very much more behind closed doors. You know. <laughs> like, <laughs> Well, yeah, because I mean, and that's the other thing is you. you and that's it, my that's my shot at accent work do, on the fly. You know, you're not done. You know, you're no, doing more I Russian know. before this is done. Probably French and Spanish too. Who knows, man? Yeah. But that wasn't actually a, a legitimate attempt. Where I most know. of the time, I just fuck <laughs> fuck about. Yeah, I mean, do, that's all you do. You pick somebody who's done the accent before and copy them. Yeah, that's how you do accents on the fly. Yeah, I was one thing about accents too. I was gonna say you kind there is kind of a knack to it too. Like uh, some people. Robert Downey Jr. is a brilliant actor. Yeah, man. Not awesome at accent work. No, not, it's, not. And that's, it's it's like, it's and you don't want to be like, and that makes him not a good actor. It's like there's, he just, I know he's problematic. Knack. There's a knack missing. To bring up one of the, one of the, one of his film history's most notorious great actor's bad accent is Kevin Spacey. Yep, I'm aware of this as well. Yeah. yeah he's <laughs> like, like really good can't do it but accent. then it starts doing his heart my name is john i'm from louisiana so and I, we're gonna be doing the story together my very favorite <laughs> <laughs> my very favorite are english actors who can nail american well when you think that henry cavill is not british for like the first five years of his career or christian bale Dude, I <laughs> still am not one hundred percent sure because he'll fuck up. He'll fuck me up because sometimes he'll do. He does a John Barrowman thing where, if you've uh, Captain Jack Harkness yeah, from yeah, Doctor from Who, Doctor Who yeah. he has a super thick Scottish accent, but he constantly does an English accent because early on in his career he made that choice because right. he thought it'd be easier to do interviews and things, and it wouldn't be like if he has the English. If he accent. has the, the yeah the English accent, so right. that's what he went with. So uh, Christian Bale does the same thing sometimes. He'll be on like a late night talk show, and you're like, "Wait, is he? Is he's he doing, doing like a? He'll do American yeah. in interviews, yeah, just to like put people at ease. That's really excellent accent work yeah. when you can just like you pick your voice for the day. Right. And it's that's ca- right, David. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, David. Uh, it was a good experience working, and then he turns. He's like, "I mean, oh no, that guy was right. That guy's oh, a like, fuck, turn, yeah, fucking contact I <laughs> wall, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like." Is he doing a voice? Or like, no, David that Brownie. is his voice. <laughs> David Brownie. <laughs> I like that your, your David Brownie is. I think God. <laughs> no, he's a, he's a bit better than that. What? Yeah, he's got he's got some. Oh, dude, he's his. I, I want to listen to him just read books. To his me. British accents, like just in that perfect spot between, like it's not posh where you no. want to like punch him. You it's know? close. It's but it's posh. It's posh, but it's not so posh that you're like. Cause he also does. Uh, he looking. also has a bit of that, like. There's a bit of the. It. Oh like, yeah, he's got he's got the in it in there. Yeah. You throw mate in there from time to yeah. time, and you're like, okay. Uh-huh. He's, so he's got some of the London streets he's got some in him too, street you know. Grid. Yes, for sure. It's, yeah. Anyway, we're not he talking get, about David. He could, he could drink tea and 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 have a. But pint. there's a shot of something in it. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's got some JMO up in that biatch. Right. He eats eggs that are half butter. Mm. <laughs> Sorry, wouldn't these the these sailors turn into half butter? They do. Um, God, they do. We that oh, was like a deep discussion on accent work, which is fun. It was, yeah. yeah. We, it's there a facet of filmmaking that we dug deeply into. <laughs> I love those little pockets of film yeah. school that pop up in here. Um, so what we actually get in our like two paragraphs of text 
is the Soviet Union has enough nuclear firepower to destroy the world two times over. Yeah. And like that alone, I, I promise I won't go at 12 o'clock high on you. Again, no, no, no. It's like cool. war is horror. But like <laughs> that sentence alone is almost, you could just be like, and roll credits. Yeah, like, like that's shit. I'm there. not sleeping tonight. Thank you, movie. Yeah. What else? How much higher could I, how much more could I scare you? <laughs> the Soviet Union had enough at this time in history, had enough nuclear firepower to destroy the world two times over. I think we had enough to do it four times. Ten. Ten. That's right. Because then the next thing pops up and it goes, the U.S. Had enough nuclear weapons to destroy the world ten times right, over, right, right. and I wrote down, you kind of only really need one, what, right? Half of one. Half of yeah. If you could, I mean, if you really want to get serious, if you you're pretty much covered when you can destroy the world one time, just the once. Because at the end of that, the world's destroyed. So like, who's gonna fire all the the second? The other ones. ones? Yeah. Second salvo. The computers. It's like. All right, fuck you. Boom, 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 boom. And don't forget, Hal, when all of us are gone, you you hit him again. I mean, that's James Cameron for you. you Skynet takes over. So we all we all get nuked into infinity, and we turn into like. But listen, the robots will be like, "Thank God those skin bags are gone. Let's let's put all those nuclear things away while there's still enough of us left." Yeah, all the other countries are like. Now we can do better, but the American robots like fuck it, one more. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, they're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> yeah, like, even the robots are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> Don't trade on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the robots are really stupid. We are also oh, the, the robots are yeah. really. <laughs> There's accent work for you, man. <laughs> Russian, <Robot> Russian AI. <laughs> you know how hard it is for a robot to roll its R's? I know, man. I was so I'm impressed. A robot. It would be like binary. Rolled R. Be like that. That part of the programming just didn't work. So it'd be like. <laughs> I am a very fancy robot. <laughs> <laughs> zero ro- robot <laughs> one zero robot <laughs> yeah oh binary God. take that's why rush that's why the russian ai yeah. never catch up because they're going one, zeros, one, one, zero, zero. zeros take, too, take long. too long it's like dialed man they're on like rotary oh my phone God. zeros it's, <laughs> it's like the mine shaft gap in 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 um in dr strange love they have a zero <laughs> and binary gap <laughs> I've okay. Here's another one, man. I'll admit I've never seen Doctor Strange Love. What the fuck? I know, is man. With you? Right on the same episode, I had to admit to not seeing the thing and Doctor Strange Love. How is it that we do a movie podcast and you're like really bad at movies? I don't. I, now listen, bro. Have you ever seen the Mountain of the Cannibal God though? No. Ursula, See, we 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 have our strengths. Yes. And we have our weaknesses. We each have our own little. Library. I tricked you into watching Cannibal Holocaust again. So like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. So it's kind of your fault that I'm this way. It's fair. Every once in a while, I'd be like, D- is it a prank when you're like, hey, man, I think we should watch um, Cannibal Slaughterfest 11. I hear it's really fucked. And I'm like, yeah, I'm down. I watch it. And I'm all jacked up for like a week. And I'm like, when do you want to do that episode, man? And you're like, what episode? No, we we so we, singing in the rain. We wrote the we, we wrote the schedule. I'm like, a year but it ago. was it was a verbal. It was a verbal, dude. You told no, me man. to watch this like no. mind scarring no, film, and you're like, no. I, it was a hypothetical, bro. Yeah, we, I was just talking. We're gonna do Fred Astaire month instead, and I'm it was via, to, it was via text. It's hard right. to it's hard to gauge like it autocorrect. Yeah, I was I tried. <laughs> <What I'm, laughs> 
I was typing castle in the sky. Yeah. And it said cannibal slaughter fest. You, you know, Apple, man. You know. Well, I would have had to have typed that into my phone I'm going to go leave a review to... for the iPhone right. 12 because the autocorrect, that's... What a shitty situation it's this is created. It's yeah. places, man. <laughs> You're like, castle cannibal. Whoa. Okay. Wow, what was I adding to my <laughs> dictionary <laughs> right. last night? Um, so the movie opens with the... We're going to... Man, I love talking to you. We're going to be talking for infinity. <laughs> All the episodes when it's been a minute are just... Yeah. yeah. Well, you can yeah. clear the backlog, and it's, I love also just love laughing with you. So Dude, it's not? fucking great. <laughs> we open with maybe the most intense fucking drill ever. Talk, oh, talk yeah. about an in medias res. This is brilliant because it, we st- also start in like, spoilers, you're starting in like a shitty non-functioning sub yes. that's already claimed lives in its construction. But we don't know in, that. In dock, in port, like 10 lives or something. Like this thing yeah, is, it hasn't it's, even like the gone, mangler, it's like a Stephen King boat, Were you going to say the mangler? Yeah, I was going to say the mangler. It's like Chermangler. Chermangler. <laughs> <laughs> See, no, but come on. Yeah, but it if is. You make though. the mangler radioactive. Is it not that much scarier? It is. You're like, it's tearing my legs off, and also <coughs> my chest hurts. <laughs> also, I only have one ball. <laughs> I'm all bruised. <coughs> my skin is falling off. This is awful. Watching people get sick during a pandemic is always always a little fun too. Yeah, yeah. When we get to that part of the, oh, when we get there, bird. So Bird was watching a lot of this with me. She watched almost this whole movie. Yeah, so did Danielle. Once people started going in and working on the reactor, Bird had to leave the room. Yeah, it's really well done. It is really well done. Yeah. Um. So this is a nuclear submarine that's going to be able to, like, launch, what, in, uh, like, not ICBMs, but, like... They're close to it. But the the thing with the with the nuclear sub is didn't ha- you didn't have to refuel. You could stay under for longer. Right. So you could travel much further much quicker so you could get off the coast of the u.s within days rather than you know a week or two right if you just had the old conventional diesel engine to create the steam to go underwater blah blah blah, you are still using it's all about just charging the batteries to be able to go underwater because you can't right you can't work your engine underwater or else everybody dies <laughs> right right um they this one what the mission was is to go out to like Somewhere in the Arctic. Yep, they're gonna go like yeah, up uh, up north and test launch a nuke. Yep, and then ostensibly that was gonna be the whole mission. Yes. But midway through the movie, they get like further orders after they successfully, in one of the most intense scenes in the fucking movie, do manage to break through the this ice and launch the nuke. Their next orders are to go park off the coast of the U.S. Yeah. Now, as I can't remember because we watched it seven months ago, right. but um, was that is it as a show of force or is it as like a? Like it was a, a political s- statement, I think, and also to see if they could do. It. I mean, there was a lot of like trials happening, like right. like testing of things, right? So the I because I, they're also really concerned about not poking the bear too. Like, right, we want to get off the coast, but we don't want to provoke any sort of like. Because Attack. that ten times over. Exactly, because this is right at the. This is the no war is happening. This is the Cold War. Yeah, we're ramping up our nuclear arsenal, and th- this is like pre-Cuban Missile Crisis Isn't that too. Weird so yeah, that there was a war that was essentially like a game. Just like the war itself was like a game of chicken. Yeah, it certainly was, man. Because like, it's like like 
Why are we mad at the Soviets? Well, they're amassing all these nuclear weapons. Well, that's what we're doing. Well, yeah, well, we're doing it because they're doing it. And yeah. you go to the Soviets and you're like, what's going on here? And they're like, well, the United States says all these nuclear weapons. They were terrified. And you're like, <laughs> and you're like, okay, but you do too. Well, yeah, because they've got a bunch. We got to have a bunch, you know? Yeah, exactly. Man. <laughs> Mang. Wasn't it a lot more fun when we were deciding who was going to hit the moon open. first? Like Th- That I was down with. But then again, even that, the Russians managed to make that a bummer. We're like, yeah, space travel, a new golden age. And the Russians are like, we killed a hundred dogs. You're <laughs> <laughs> like, oh my God. We named them all Lotka. They're all Lotka. Lotka 50 screamed as she died. <laughs> and you're like, what? Don't tell me that. She didn't finish her final biscuit. I mean, okay. Everyone. <laughs> so the... What do you guys kill? Well, we killed some monkeys. There's a couple of monkeys. <laughs> a couple of monkeys, maybe a couple of humans. Well, know. Apollo 1, that was, honestly, Apollo 1 was a dis- total, that was such yeah. a sad disaster, man. It was It was during a test. It <gasps> you was during... want to know the perfect example of survival bias? Uh, survivor's bias? Survivor bias, so. S- space travel? <laughs> well, no. So, Apollo 13 is, because 13 is an unlucky number, right? So, right. Apollo 13 was an unlucky mission. Right. That's incorrect. It was very lucky because they got home alive. The previous right. mission or two previous missions before that, mm-hmm. the fucking entire top capsule exploded and every astronaut died. But everyone remembers Apollo 13, 13 as being the, the big the unlo- fuck up. Yeah, but that's like they all made it home yeah. through ingenuity. They and made like, it to the moon and back. Honestly, yeah. that's a huge success story because let's that's be real. That's the opposite of survivor biased. In the se- so Apollo 13 happened in the early 70s, right? Yeah. So well, yeah, yeah, sometime yeah. Like in the late 70s, 60s, early 70s. Somewhere. Well, we landed on the moon in 69. Yeah. And so would it have to been had to have been after, after that. Right. So because <clears throat> Jim Lovell never got a chance to never got a chance to stand, chance on the moon. to stand on the moon. But like, listen, man, when people are like, well, this, it got all rickety and it was started falling all apart and the oxygen got they all had to get weird. back home in the lem. Yeah, man. They were in the lem. And you're like, here's what's going on. This was like 1972. People were still wearing bell bottoms and listening to shit on 8-tracks. Yeah. Not even 8-tracks, vinyl. People are listening to stuff on vinyl. And we shot a bunch of people <laughs> into space in our fucking rocket and told them to go get on the moon. <laughs> and then shit started getting a little weird. So they sl- slingshotted themselves around the motherfucking moon. And launched themselves back at Earth. And essentially created a secondary rocket ship slash lander out of yeah. something that was not designed to do that. Yeah, I watched the movie, man. They had a box full of, like, tape and a stapler, yeah. you know? Yeah, I saw Ron Howard's masterpiece starring Gary Sinise and Tom Hanks and Bill Paxton. It is, in fact, a masterpiece. Dude, that movie's fucking great. But, like, but anyway. Dude, you gotta expect, like, if you're gonna be flinging people off the terrestrial Earth you're out into the void... People. Every once, yes, every once in a while, one of those is going to be like, hey, man, uh, shit's a little scary up here. It's getting kind of like falling apart. Houston, I know you're not going to want to believe this, but uh, <laughs> I think something broke. Well, all I'm saying, listener, is you got to get off Apollo 13's dick. Yeah. They made it home. 13's a lucky number. Yeah. 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 Well, 13... 13, I mean, I'm also an occultist, Carl. I know. 13 is kind of a, it's a mysterious number. It is, isn't it? It is. Yeah. And co- but bird? when you consider things like that. Kabbalistic numerology, number four. Know anything about it? All right, well, she'll learn. Fair. We'll get back Got to it. you about the Kabbalistic. <laughs> It'd be like. <laughs> and you could also say that, like, K-19 is this, um, like, the, the ship, that the bad ship, right? It's cursed. Yeah. 
A cursed ship would have ended up at the bottom no, of the no, ocean. No, dude, I'm going to say this pretty is fucking a pretty cursed. fucking cursed ship. <laughs> that doesn't quite work. No. Where everyone survived no. in Apollo 13. I mean, the people who survived K-19 kind of, they're like, if you The survivors tell, didn't survive. If you they tell anyone, we'll put bullet in your mouth. Yeah. And then they all, like, the movie ends with everyone standing around a grave in various st- states of dying of cancer. Yep. I'm going to maybe say K-19 Every was... single crew member. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, they yeah. Were, they were, yeah. They were next to a <laughs> really hot reactor. <laughs> in a tube. Yeah. Under the water. Oh, my God. You know what gets me the most about this flick, and we'll talk about it, is yeah. the amount of... of of They had to stretch their, their belief so far... They're wearing chem suits instead of fucking radiation suits, so they might as well have been wearing nothing. But they wear the thing, because it doesn't do anything, but they continue to wear the chem suits because it gives them a sense of protection. It's the same thing with the door. They can't get the door shut because they had to like retrofit a copper tube in there to feed water into the reactor to cool it. Right. So you can't shut that, that magnetically shut sealed door, which keeps that... Radioactivity from leaking so, through the whole sub. Yeah. So they put like to- they soak towels and put it. That doesn't do any good nope. either. But they continue to do it because it gives them a sense that it is Dude, helping. It's all for your mental state. It's because they might as well have been walking into like, that reactor room completely naked. fucking naked. Yeah. You're like you're bringing the emotional hit of that scene right back to me because yeah, you know what? It's like it's like you're out in the woods and the chainsaw bucked. And it cut all the way down to the bone. Yeah. And what you've got is a Band-Aid. Yep. Like a couple Band-Aids and like a handkerchief. And you like put it in there and you're like, this will probably save my life. This will be good. You know, like this. Yeah. I'll, and then you fire the chainsaw back up and get back to work. Yeah. That's what this fucking movie is. And it's it's really intense. I was, dude, I'm so glad K-19 ended up being this good. Um, it gets some shit online, mostly it for does. Harrison Ford's accent, but like, but get around it, get over that, get like, over it. This movie is so good. Just lean into it, mm-hmm. let it happen, let it wash over you. Yeah, yeah. What? <sighs> come on, if you're, you know, who, fucking Harrison Ford you know looks great in a high and tight. Like, you know come who's on. Bummed about that that bit of it is the people. Are those are the people who go on like Midsummer, like in the comments on the Midsummer trailer and go, I thought it was too long. It's yeah. those people who are bitching about how how it's not the best thing ever. We're introduced to Liam Neeson immediately because he's our captain at the start That's of this That's right. Thing. He's a CO. Yes. And he is t- tall as fucking jacked. This is like the biggest I've ever seen Liam Neeson. And he's probably. not a small human, but in this. He's he- a big man, but he's got... It, and it's hard for big dudes like that to put muscle on, so he must have worked yeah. to get that physique. And for he this. is right about at the max height that you would want anyone to be in a sub anyway. I was gonna like, say he's almost like unbelievably tall for like a sub commander. Yeah. Because he's he's like over six by a bunch. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like and it, I they're kind of small. I think the doors, like the P ways are some passageways, like the where a human can walk through in a sub or any like any boat, any yeah. ship, like the passageways between compartments is always very compressed and small, but especially the hatches. Yeah. They're only about like maybe four and a half feet. I mean, they're not very big. So even myself, like if I'm walking down, running down a P way, I've got to duck under that thing. Liam Neeson is getting every single top. Every like, single fucking. He's getting the top of the frame in the tits every time every he walks, time. tries to go yeah. through a door. Yeah. And 
he's in Russia, so he's got to be navigating this drunk. I mean, really? Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> Dude, yes. Drinking that specialty. When I woke up yesterday, I almost texted you, I feel the way Stellan Skarsgård looks in Hunt for Red October. Oh, my God. That's just sweaty. Just pouring sweat. Smoking like a, cigarettes. A wet cigarette. Yeah, that's Where is Mark Loring? We are going to kill a friend. That's <laughs> that's, I woke up and that was running yeah. through my mind And I was like, nope I'm so glad we called it yesterday too Because I'd had a, a bottle of cava and a bottle of Chardonnay The night before It's drink too much season in yeah, the winery In the fucking winery industry, man It's, it's hustling times um, So the the first thing that I mean, Liam Neeson Okay, the, the drill fails The drill is, can we get the nukes loaded and launched In right. under X amount of time Things are going well. Things are going well. He's walking. He's barking orders, which is cool. They establish in this drill yes. what we're going to see later in the movie yep. when they actually do the launch. That's a trope of of a lot of submarine movies, but yeah. a lot of like military movies first. You always see the drill early yes. so that you understand what is supposed to happen. And you can see it all you go can see sideways. It all happen. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're like, well, that didn't happen. I knew that, that he didn't ha, happen. Ha, shit, they fucked it up. He was supposed to throw that grenade, but in the, into the <laughs> <Right>. foxhole. <laughs> um, but so it, what ultimately fails is not the crew, because the crew's like going, they're doing yep, well under Liam Neeson, and then a fucking tube goes. Which, as a tube amp aficionado, now I'm watching that. And I'm like, you don't want a fucking tube to go, no, because that's you can have all the rest of your tubes fine. Game over. Yep. So the tubes fail because they gave them like twenty watt tubes instead of thirty watt tubes. Yeah, or they give us like a little that. wrong thing, and that's a constant thing in this movie it's the bo- and mother also, russia kept giving them they don't have the right shit because they're broke they right. put all their money into nuclear arms right that's why they were given chemical suits instead of radiation suits they're just yeah, like they don't give have them what we have in warehouse they're, they said they're out of the fucking 42 amp tubes they sent us 28 amp tubes or whatever yeah, yeah. so like i it, this is that thing that we've we talked about all the way back in 12 o'clock high like it's about sometimes war is about the bomb sites sometimes yeah. war is about like well, can we blow up this tire depot? Because then their trucks won't be able to deliver fuel. Exactly, it's like tiny little bits of. If you blow up their amps for their fucking well, in in Hunt for Red things, October, yeah. it's the what's it called the the drive the, the caterpillar the caterpillar drive. Yeah. You know, it's like we found a new this new like non. It's not a bomb. It's not a bullet, but it will change the scope of the war if it succeeds. Yeah, we won't be able to find them on sonar. Yeah, and kind of like. There's a I mean, obviously, K-19's got a bunch of shit wrong with it, but like one of the big fucking problems are these little these little yeah. tubes. These little like five cent tubes might cripple this billion dollar like nuclear exactly. titan of the ocean. Wild man, I I love that shit. Um, so they get out after it all fails. The com- the big like uh, well, he's not like a political, but he's one of like the Russian high command. He's, he's like there. a political officer. He's there to check everything out, to make sure he's, it's good yeah, to go. Because the the Russian Navy was they always had like a, a political officer on board, um, n- not all the time, but certainly if they're gonna put a new boat out, yeah. a political officer would be there to like the omnipresent make sure, hand exactly, of the government. Yeah, to make sure is this captain doing what we're expecting? Is a crew right? Mm. Is a ship right? Right, and also to like essentially tell the CEO to shut the fuck up when they say that we don't have the right stuff. You have to make it work. Like they were there to like, it's like, an, just be the, as shitty as possible. It's like, like the echo of the command structure for, of world of the like world war two Soviet army. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because like that, they were backing their lines. So like machine guns behind their advancing troops, yes. so if the troops turned back, 
Yep. They, they would mow, they their, would own mow their own people down. down. If they didn't mow their own people down, that was an executable offense. This is kind of that. It's very much that because it's, High Command says this boat needs to make it to Antarctica, it's, launch a nuke. Doesn't matter if it's ready or right, not. Right. We're sinking. The The hull's starting to split. We'll probably not survive this. We're turning back. And the political officer's like, pardon? That's an executable offense. Mm-hmm. Well, on we go. You know, like they're, yeah. they're like the whip hand of the yeah. government. It's, they're spooky. I, but this guy, so this guy turns to Liam Neeson and is like, so, like, why your ship all fucked up and don't do right stuff? You sent me gerbils yeah, instead of computer like, parts, man. Like, it's like, the engine room's just a hamster wheel with men on it. We're never getting anywhere on this goddamn boat. And there's like, you don't talk to me that way, man. That's like, you're coming on pretty harsh. I'm a government employee, you know what I say? I take you to a gulag. I'm like, yeah. Russian Scarface is like what I'm pretty much. Into. So Liam Neeson... You gave us a bunch of party balloons instead yes. of a ballast tank. Like, what the fuck are we supposed to do with Yeah, this yeah, yeah. Like, my, my reactor tech is a mime. He's yeah. a mime. <laughs> a French mime. I'm screaming at him Doesn't all the time, like, speak these gauges are all in the red. What does that mean? Well, you have a big... And he's, but he can't yes, hear me because yeah. he's trapped in a box. <laughs> Strangely, he was the only one to survive without cancer because he, he made, made him, he was in a, a box, box and he just stayed in there. We were like, we could use your help. He's like, no, 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 no. And he wagged no, his no, no, finger no, no, no. at me and then he honked his own nose. He's, he's a great mime. He's kind of a, he's a, but a dick. Terrible, but terrible, terrible reactor human. He's a great mime, horrible human. He's a bad person. Yeah, he's he's not good. He's not he's French. He's drunk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Opening fake bottles of yeah, champagne. Yeah, just, he's just constantly pouring. And then he throws up, which is the craziest thing because he hasn't. I didn't see him drink anything, but he throw he vomits he champagne. Throws up. And it is you can see the bubbles. It's horrible. The men like him. You know, he's born <laughs> in the, born in the wrong era. Good you for know. morale. But uh, yeah, so I mean, I'm dying, but he's down. In the, he's actually down in the park. If you should check it out, check him out. It's pretty great. He does a retelling of K19. Yeah, he mimes when he mimes Khrushchev's death. It is. It'll just tear your heartstrings out. Rip your heart. It's right horrible. It, he melts the grease paint off with water. It's like oh. his skin. It's it's sick. Oh. It's horrible. It's a. He's able to summon <laughs> blisters with just force of will. <laughs> he mimes. He mimes these like pustules breaking in his face. It's. Oh. It's um, it's bad, but yeah. Pierre's Pierre was all. I liked working with him. Fine, it was okay. <laughs> he was there. He was, you forget he's there most of the time because he's silent. You know. Yeah. <laughs> always, always in the box. Always in that <laughs> box. <laughs> I knew he was the smart. Anyway, one. that is kind of like a slightly comicalized version yeah. of how bad. Well, the new nuke is. officer they get on the K nineteen is right out of the academy. That's why I picked that and spot. Doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. <laughs> yeah. He's never seen any of the shit in action before. Was all because they're doing it all book work. There is very little like hands-on actual. This is a mock-up of a reactor. It's all theoretical. Right. He's seen the drawings, yeah. but he doesn't know that. Like, because he's in. He's seen the the mock-up where it's like, all right, then this is adamantium tubing yeah. that goes. And then he gets on K nineteen, and they're like, adamantium. No, this what we did was gum wrappers around bendy exactly. straws, and we make it because it's tin foil. That we will have stop coat hangers red. that we have wrapped in cellophane. R- cellophane, it's cellophane is American capitalist thing. So we make cellophane. cellophane. It hurts you when you touch yes. it. <laughs> like all things that are good that in are, life, that are they are little painful when touched. All that is worthwhile causes pain. Meanwhile, Especially Harrison the- Ford rolls through. I need to get in the reactor to fix the reactor. <laughs> it well, causes. You're, 
You went with the Italian. That's what you're Well, dude, we were. They won't hear it because I cut the real trailer in. But oh my god, over the fucking trailer, like <laughs> some of Harrison's Ford's. You, oh, baby, Yeah, he sounds Italian as very much. Fuck, like Liam Neeson's next to me. He's like. What should we do, comrade? And Harrison Ford turns, he's like, I don't talk to me that way on my boat <laughs> in front of the man. And you're like, I, man, yeah, that wasn't, that was definitely not Russian. So stinker award on you. <laughs> don't you look at me that way. <laughs> without you, I'm nothing. And without you, with me, I'm nothing. It's like my mom says, you know. <laughs> you're like, I, I don't even know if this is, it's not as happening. <laughs> Harrison Ford's having a stroke. It's like roll Bama, roll tight. Oh, that's another um, submarine movie. Crimson Tide. I need more time before I go back in a tube after this sucker, dude. That's Denzel Washington and fucking, like... Well, we could watch The Sum of All Fears. There's a sub in that movie, too, I'm pretty sure. No? Yeah? I don't know. Whatever, man. 19. This... (laughs) (laughs) So, Liam... That's my loose attempt at, like, bringing it back in, like, 19. It worked. Sometimes sometimes you fall off. Sometimes you fall off the bike, Carl, and you get Uh, back up and you ride that horse into the sunset. Exactly. Um, Got a Charizard in my spokes, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, dude, you're sick. I know. You put like a potion. Like a potion or like (laughs) leaf energy, you know, (laughs) some shit you're never going to (laughs) use. But that is like what this movie is. It's like putting a Charizard in your spokes. Kind of, actually, yeah. Um, Because they run this fucker ragged immediately. Yep. Well, Liam Neeson says, do not send this out into the ocean. Don't do it. And the high command's like, you guys are taking off tomorrow? And he's like... I guess fuck it then, okay? Right, we're right. all going to die. That's fine. But they pull Liam Neeson off command and reassign the captain to the boat, and they it's Harrison Ford. Yeah. Harrison Ford does his first, like, muster check. He walks on, he's like, everyone's like, attention, and he's like, hey, where's Harrison Ford's like, oh, baby, I don't see the uh, the nuclear reactor tech. Where is he at? And they're like, um, oh, he's over here. He's passed out drunk. Yes. <laughs> and Harrison Ford's like, get him off of my boat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that guy is fired. <laughs> I'm firing you, man. You're gone, man. You're like, you cannot be drunk. Yeah, well, I, I like that the guy stands up and he's like, you're lucky that I'm not going to throw you in the brig, basically. Yeah. And Liam Neeson point, points out to Harrison Ford. He's like, hey, buddy, we're in Russia. Stuff, like, really sucks. Can you, like... Right. <laughs> we're about to go on a mission that you know no one's going to survive, like, right? you like, and me both know that we're all going to go to our deaths. Can you give that guy, like, just a day to be drinking? No. You know? He's like, No. Mm-mm. No, so they get that they get a fresh academy recruit. Not only do we replace that guy, so we've we've got a seasoned captain who gets replaced by who we believe to be kind of a psychopath captain. Yeah, off, right off the bat, Long, like this brilliant reactor tech who he's kind of like Chekhov but drunk. He can keep this fucker going on like spit glue yep. and bubble gum, which is good because that is what he the is Soviets a, he's gave a, him he's to a work Soviet on the Scotty, baby. He's like, yes. I'll give you more power, Captain. Well, I yeah, might Chekhov's have a little a navigator, bit of... Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. Well, no, but, that's but that's right, though, because this yeah. is Soviet Russia. So he's, he is a navigator, right. but he's great with the reactor. Exactly. <laughs> like, Everyone yeah. wears multiple hats. I read the Star Trek book. It had a reactor in it, so I'm very good. <laughs> but uh, So they get a fresh-faced recruit, and then on like the last day, they're like, okay, man, okay, we got to put out to sea. We've already got some staff changes going on. Mm-hmm. So they, the doctor, as they're loading up the, the boat, oh, the fuck, doctor right. runs out. Because, dude, it's like, you're like, they're t- Harrison Ford and Liam Neeson are talking in the thing. And Her- Liam Neeson's like, 10 men have already died. Well, it is still in port. And he's like, then Harrison Ford's like, that's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> the doctor, they're loading supplies on. And we, it's actually an amazingly cool shot. Because the shot is they like they've got this uh, like crate 
and they hand it up, and you're following the crate yep. in this motion. That cam. shot is 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 uh, is an homage to Das Boot. Is it almost shot well, for shot? Dude, yeah, I cannot wait to see it then because this is beautifully all the, orchestrated. Like, fruit and meat hanging from shit. Yep, and you it, follow it through it, the. It gets on another grab guy. Another guy grabs it and passes it down. And he starts running it down. We follow him, and then he goes down one corridor, but we're diverted by the doctor cutting across. And yeah. then we follow the doctor through the circuitous route of the the sub up the ladder, and he's chasing after. Uh, a bunch of like army trucks that are driving away. I guess they'd be naval vehicles yeah. or whoever. But they're driving away, and he's like, "You gave us the wrong medicine. You gave us the wrong medicine. You gave us the brown fucking Dude, it's nailed chowdered turned to salsa." Like wow. <laughs> hey, the That's doctor. That's eleven. Yeah, <laughs> Liam Neeson. Eleven. Make it to eleven. Make it to eleven. They're like, well, they didn't send us paper to mark anything. No, and they gave us Crayola. <laughs> Just a wrapper for Crayola. No actual Yola. All right, we'll cut. Just Cray. All right, well, political officer is looking. So cut your finger right in blood on Crayola wrapper. <laughs> on your Ele- pant leg. Eleven. Eleven. <laughs> and they just show it and wave, and the political officer waves <laughs> Yeah, no shit. Oh, fuck, dude. So they run over to the doctor, and they're like, we could save. Wow, no, he's No, he's, he's dead. pretty creamed. He's fucking dead as shit. Okay, well, let's get a new doctor, and that guy is like a veterinarian. Or no something. shit, no, it's kind of something like that. It's like, well, he doesn't do people so good. It's true, like, but he does horses real well. But he knows enough to give you an injection. And every time, every time something like this happens, you, were, I remember in my head, this is based on true events. Yeah, and you're no like, shit. Oh my god, because we find out at the end of the movie after the Berlin Wall comes down. The Soviet Union is dissolved, so all of these men can tell their story and they get access to the documentation of this mission. So you're like, Catherine Bigelow and the scriptwriters are working off of this now famous story. It's like a disaster on the, the level of like, it's well, oh my god, dude. It is Chernobyl boat. I mean, it's, it's like. It's Chernobyl boat, yeah. Well, and they keep saying at one point, like, if this reactor blows, it'll be like the nuclear bomb that we just fired. Exactly. And there's, at one point, there's an American ship pretty close to Well, that's to why them. they dive. That's Because they're, they, like, they're like, if like, this goes off. It's we're gonna, gonna start a war. Well, and the world. Yeah. Because you've got, you gotta remember those statistics at the beginning. You're like, here's what's on the table. Right. The Soviets have a gun pressed to the United States head. The United States has a bazooka just in its own mouth. Yeah. <laughs> but the whole world's in the room with us. You yeah, know? exactly. And they're like, okay, so if our boat explodes, we just accidentally might end the world. Yeah, we just accidentally started World War Three. These dudes were this is a these are our enemies in the Cold War. These are the bad guys in our our historical myth that we tell ourselves. Exactly. And we're wa- I'm watching this movie and I'm like, these are heroes. Yep. These are fucking heroes. These Russian sub all these all this whole sub crew. The entire oh yeah. Like they they, they were, knew the stakes. They were always going to be sick, but yeah. like they so dramatically worsened their own suffering in order to avert global disaster. Yeah, it's be- there was it's a amazing. little bit of pride there because they originally could have because the when the U.S. when the when the helicopter shows up, yeah, they're like, "Do you need help? We can help you." Right. And they're like, "Go fuck yourself. We do this on our own." They here's didn't my wanna, ass. Here's my ass. So. <laughs> There was a little bit of that Russian pride that got in the way where Definitely. they very well could have all gotten off the ship. They, they would have been political uh, prisoners and most likely returned to Russia at some point, right? right? So, But they can't do that. They're Russian sailors, and they're not going to – they'll show you their ass. They're, you know, like that is one thing 
that all the like World War Two, um, like Ostfront stuff. Yeah. The more that you learn about Russia, even going back to like the Czar. Yeah. The history of Russia. Uh, Russians are truly a different kind of person. Yeah. Like when it has a lot to do with where they are. On yeah, the absolutely. Like, like very extreme climate. It's a very harsh part of the world. They, the the conditions are kind of rough. Yeah. Just just climatic, like climate. Yeah, the, the exactly. climate there is rough, and because the you know like the other thing is the it's, political system that's been in place. It's for... also a huge nation that's been devastated by like a century of war. Well, they keep you know getting their mean? door knocked on, don't they? Like everybody not wants... even knocked on just like fucking boot. Through I know. The door. I know they're like, they're tampered in the election and the Russians are the enemies. But I will say this about the, 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 the about Russia, man, when people come knocking on their door, a lot of people have come looking for a peace. And Napoleon, no one, Napoleon, <laughs> Russia is an army, is a backbreaker for an yeah. army, dude. Russia, yeah, I didn't know it would be so fucking cold over there. Russia's, God damn it. Russia is, everyone's like, the United States won the war. Russia is the reason that Germany lost. Yes. Russia fucking broke I know Germany. that because I watched Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Uh, stand-up comedy and he talks about it yeah i mean it's it's the best part of also, also it's history yeah the more you that's why i like looking at history is like growing up you always hear like well we flew in and we dropped those two bombs and we ended the war sonny and then you we read, relate to the war and the russians actually won us yeah and then you read about the battle of fucking stalingrad and you're like oh no we probably didn't have that much to do with this at all <laughs> holy shit russia was russia is where this happened yeah destroyed the luftwaffe Completely, they yeah. just like planes would fly into the vast expanse of Russia, and they'd never, never hear come from back them again. You're like, whoa, that's it's we, like it's like when you start anything. the day and you've got like five pens at your desk, and yeah. then at the end of the day, like God, where all my where pens? Are my pens where go? Where my pens go? You that's how that went? happened to Luftwaffe. They went in the fucking Russian they ground, went to Siberia. Man. Yeah, they're in a Siberian gulag, or more likely, they're in heaps, or they're frozen into a human road that the Russians yeah. are riding their tanks over. The Russians. You don't want to. And they blew up the pen factory, you, so you can't get any more pens. Wasn't it? Was like the eighties, right? Yeah. Like the eighties, where the bad guy was always like the Russian mafia. Oh, or all the, the time, Russian dude. KGB I mean, they, they or... had whole movies like Red Heat, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger and right. Jim Belushi. Like <laughs> the Russians, uh, like spy, uh, um, spies like us. Spies the Russians like us, are bad absolutely. Ruskies. But, but like, no shit though, for real. You really don't want to fuck with Russia if you no. don't have to. No. And it's stuff like this. This K nineteen was a real fucking like. The, yeah. These soldiers like watching like K nineteen and watching like the government be like, all right, now dive to the bottom of the ocean and die. And your soldiers are like, right on. Yeah, that's a whole other. I will not ask thing. questions for the motherland. Yeah, dude, for the motherland, and they're tough as shit. Yeah. Oh my god. I there's something to admire. It's it's the das boot thing though. It At is the end though. Where you're yeah. Like, do you feel for the sub crew, and then you're like. Ooh, Nazi uniforms. Huh? Well, yeah, but the thing is, like, and the, the same thing happened in K nineteen. You haven't seen Das Boot yet, but it's yeah. like you're with this Russian crew for so long and seeing what they're dealing with that when it comes time for you to see that U.S. ship and that the the U.S. Navy and like bold type right. on the back of that, it it made me go like, oh fuck, the the U.S. is here. Yeah, like, but like, wait, no, that's Effect, us. Effective no, that's us. Yeah, yeah, you want to be like, woohoo. But you're like, oh shit, the Americans. You're like, God, all right, <laughs> hang tough, hang tough, fellows. Um, so, <laughs> sorry, back to K19 after yeah. the huge digression. 
Um, oh, we were all there. It yeah, was all yeah. interweaved. It's all it's all relevant. It's all we're really good at talking about movies. We can interweave that shit. That's true. It's like a t- we're like in like a tapestry, yeah. and yeah. then the fuck ups are just so it's not perfect. It's like one exactly. of those beautiful Persian rugs. You got to put like one flaw in, or we're gonna offend God with our podcast, exactly. man. Like we don't do that <laughs> typically. <laughs> we every just episode mostly anyway. offend like adults, children, <laughs> mothers, thinking people, daughters. Con- the, the consciousness of <laughs> local radio DJs. Oh my god! I love that when we were on Michelle's show too. At the end, I was like, "If you're into sports, <laughs> <laughs> started pitching MGM." Oh, ben ben MGM at the end of a radio interview. I know what a what a what a way out. Hey, but she wants to do more shows with us, so we couldn't have fucked up that. You gotta bad. you gotta pick your eco terror flick, dude. Because Didn't I? did you the what blob? Was your, the blob, right? Right. The remake, the '88 remake. Yes. That is a stacked month. Um, so Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson finds out sea trials will begin as scheduled. Oh no, no, no! Liam Neeson's trying to talk Harrison Ford out of doing this, and Harrison yes. Ford turns to Liam Neeson and says, "Sea trials? No, I'm, I won't do it. I'm kidding. Sea trials will begin as scheduled. We deliver or we drown." Yep. I wrote down the USSR was no joke. Nope. Exactly, man. <laughs> Um, so they go to this the christening of the boat. Russian high commands all there. They're like, right on, and they they give the you know there's the champagne. When you christen any ship, you swing a bottle of champagne. It shatters on the side and sprays. Yay! And they give they hand the bottle to like this eighty pound. <laughs> like, like she's an actress or something, or is it a kid? I, don't I thought who it was. I I might like a malnourished Soviet citizen, maybe a real one. Fair. I don't know. So she like she goes like. <laughs> Swing the bottle. <coughs> she like doesn't swing the bottle. No, that's and not goes, swung. And he goes, Shoop, tonk. and then it's just floating in the air in a circle. <laughs> and you just you see all the men. There's like Liam Neeson's like looking up the bottle, and then you like you, the guy next to him just like looks down, and you hear I can't remember who says it. Like one of the crewmen leans that's over and goes, "We are doomed." Yep, <laughs> we're already at eleven. No bottle doesn't break. Seriously though, like. Got the wrong capacitors. Your reactor's made of bubble gum. You haven't, they you haven't even discovered that the they ship. got chem suits in the fucking lockers. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, that's a, that's a that's an advent calendar a little yeah, further down like, the fucking oh, road. That's on the 14th. <laughs> like, ooh, what do I get? Yeah, what do we have today? Ooh, radiation poisoning. And tomorrow, oh, chem suits instead of radiation suits. Joy of joys. <laughs> mi- I miss nougat. The, the mime is drunk again. <laughs> Liam Neeson's like, yeah, fucking get me out of here. You should have just transferred me off a boat. Uh, yeah, that would be like, really? It would have been better if I was dead. Yeah, <laughs> kind sh- of. Could, should have just shot me, probably. Um, oh, my God. Clear as face of the dock, fresh air. Oh, uh, so we find out. So Harrison Ford has a kind of, he's got something to prove. Right. Because we find out something about Harrison Ford's father. His father was also a sub-captain, yes. I believe. And he Liam Neeson starts to Liam Neeson starts poking the bear pretty early on. This is when Of course he does, because they kept him as XO on the ship that he was demoted from, which is a bold fucking move it to make. It is a slap in the face. Like it, that's shitty. Okay, so I can kind of see why they did it though. You know, they want the preservation of that quality of officer. Exactly. So they're like, right. "All right, it makes sense." It just doesn't feel great. Absolutely not. Because you've got, like, you're the captain, and we've got some motherfucking Joe Schmo in the second second stick. Right. You know? 
All right, now we've got Harrison Ford, who's a baller captain, and you're really fucking good too. So let's make you second in command. And it now was we a got, smart decision. Yeah, I mean, but yeah. it, but you can. But in Soviet Russia, they're like, well, these two men don't like each other, and they're like, if they don't like each other, we put will. them in the tube that goes underwater for days. Yeah, <laughs> that will be fine. <laughs> well, they're like, it's it's that communist thing. It's like every we need those pieces there. Yeah. And if, you know, like, emotions don't come into this. No, not even you, a little bit. You serve the state. Well, we're, like, really bummed about having to work together. Like, your alternative is bullet behind the ear. Yep. And they're like, hey, Harrison Ford, how's it going, man? <laughs> yeah. You were fucking great in Indiana Jones. We're good. No, we're good. You can go away now. Exactly. <laughs> sure, I've got bullets for the ear. Nope. No, no, no. Keep your bullet ear. Yep. Keep bu- your ear bullets. Ear bullets are all for you. <laughs> Keep them. We don't need them. Um, so, Liam Neeson... Because Harrison Ford's father is like a war hero. Yes. And he, he, so Her, uh, Liam Neeson goes, I heard two versions about your father. One, that he was a hero of the revolution. The other, that he died in a gulag. Harrison Ford, both are true. Yep. And I wrote down who, or, or I wrote down what would it be like to live in this place? I can't even imagine, dude. Like... You do the thing sometimes where you're like, all right, I'm going to p- try and put myself oh, in like, a radically different pair of shoes. You, ha- you have to. I mean, if you've, you know, ab- doing a character, like any acting yeah, role, yeah, you yeah. try to put yourself in that. So, yeah, definitely. But so, so, like, there's, you can, sometimes you can see through even radical, like, sets yeah. of eyes. Like, when you're watching The Dark Knight, sometimes every once in a while you look at Bane and you're like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I can kind of almost yeah. get it, but. Ooh. But it will always pale in comparison to what is actually the reality. Can, yeah, you know, like because empathy only works to a certain, to a certain level, right. right? When when the only like experience is everything. Man, I don't know, dude. It's wild to consider that 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 right now on Earth, yeah, like twelve to like fifteen hours by air. There's a whole country of people. For like who are living, and obviously there are like not all parts of Russia are exactly sure. the same. But Bird and I were talking about this watching uh, a trailer for a James Bond movie the other day when he was the like, "No time to die." Yeah, he's like racing through the streets of like some village in South America, right? And Bird and I are like looking at the like the like the the quality of life yeah. in like these very poor, poor, sprawling megacity suburbs, and you're like. People, so every day people wake up and live in those conditions. Yeah. That's just such a crazy fucking thought. Like just the, not like like the distance between how like you and I are sitting, electricity yep. at the flip of a switch, clean running water. Yep. You know we're recording a podcast. It's like I always say, man, as bad as we think we have it, later today I'm gonna take a shit in potable water. Yeah. Yes. You and the the one here's anytime I'm feeling like kind of rough. You know I'm like. You could be in a Russian submarine in the Cold War. Yeah, like no sh- fucking shit, dude. They launch everyone on the you shores. Could be like a homeless, enter here. city here. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. You could be living in Chicago with no home, or, or New York, or Traverse City. Exactly. Yeah. It's, I don't know, man. Sometimes that's one of like the the side effects of watching kind of harrowing movies. Is it 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 brings it it shows you a lot it gives you a lot of different angles of empathy sure, absolutely and it's i think it's good to empathize with as many different perspectives as you can i agree it's also good to not have to work on a reactor in your underwear yes mm. the boat leaves submerges now this is dude this is so fucked they leave port and go underwater <laughs> 
pretty much the second the top of the boat goes under the water, water starts to drip into the boat. This is normal. Don't worry, everybody be cool, be cool. There's like water running in through the rivets, dripping from the ceiling. It's uh, a new boat, that would be the case. Uh, but it would have done sea trials before this, but it didn't because they didn't fucking sea trials. In, in Soviet Russia, water trial. goes in submarine. Yeah, Dude, like, yeah, this is the sea trial. Their sea trial, this is the first time the boat's been under. Maybe you do this. Maybe you're like, all right, today we're going to see if the boat goes under. Bloop. All right, come that's back. What, that's dock what the sea it. trial is. Everybody dock six it. Six months of that shit. Yeah. Okay. Of like we're gonna go out for two miles. We'll go under for five minutes to a depth of fifteen meters. Yep. Make sure all the seals hold. We'll bring it back in. Double check everything. Get the engineers in here. Tomorrow we'll go out a little further. We'll go down a little longer for a little deeper. Not nah. No. Uh-uh, not uh-uh. in Soviet Russia. Their baby. sea trials are out to sea. Here's all right. Sea trial. Go to the Arctic and launch a nuclear yeah, weapon. No sh- <laughs> shit. That is their fucking opening salvo. They're like, all right. I feel pretty good about how we built that boat. Ten people died making it. I it feel, has nothing to do with the I integrity feel, of Hull. I feel okay about the construction of a boat. <laughs> um, the capacitors are wrong. There's a mime running the reactor. This boat will probably... It has character then is what you're saying. <laughs> yes, it is a... It's like uh, the Millennium Falcon, you know? <laughs> like, they always... <laughs> Sometimes Funny scene. It sounds yes, like... You, boop, 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 so just hit the hyperdrive. And the, they're like, you mean the nuclear reactor that powers it? Don't hit that. <laughs> no, it was metaphor for hang tough. All right, bye. <laughs> and off they go. Everyone's staring at the fucking water yes, dripping Yes, but we don't have Wookiee. <laughs> I mean... They do, though. Liam Neeson is tall enough. Oh. I think at one point he does go, Urgh. oh, wait a minute. It is like the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Han Solo is the captain in Russian. <gasps> wait. I know. I didn't even think about it until just Liam this moment. Liam Neeson is like Chewbacca. He's in the Star Wars movies, too. He's Qui-Gon Jinn. Dude, fuck, wait, this is what? Qui-Gon Jinn and Harrison Ford in Russian Millennium Falcon, bro. And the reactor problems are just like a lot worse than they <laughs> usually are. Yeah, the hyperdrive goes, but then it cracks a leak and gives everyone yeah. cancer. <laughs> But you're fucking Chewy. right. You're laughing, you, but you're right. I'm totally right. Can you imagine like Chewy in the corner? His like, hair's all falling out. <laughs> a bald Chewy because he's from the radiation from the hyperspace. And he looks weird. Like you ever see a bear, like a bear without hair? How weird they look. Like he must look Lando weird and as Luke. Fuck. Lando and Luke go into <laughs> go into work on the reactor, but it's just their flight suits. Yeah, not a radi- radioactive suit because it's the Millennium Falcon. Yeah. Why would Han have going those? in their X-wing jumpers? J- X-wing jumpers. They go in. They come. Out. <laughs> all fucked up in their eyes, like fully the only thing that works is Luke's blood. mechanical His hand. Mechan- <laughs> Han's like, I think you can't. You use the force on this shit. I think you saved it. Luke's like, didn't think of it. Ah, shit! Side of a bat would have made way more sense. <sighs> and his, then his his mechanical hand closes into the middle finger. Yes. <laughs> Han's like, yeah, uh, Luke, <laughs> bang his sister. <laughs> I put two in her. <laughs> couple of twins, yeah. Yeah. I mean, hold on, couple of twins. I you know? put a couple of twins in sister. Yeah, you're pretty dead, huh? Banged her out good, you know. Now might be a good time to say you're going to be a grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> an uncle, I an mean. Uncle. You're going to be an uncle. <laughs> they do families different in Russia. <laughs> in space. Yeah. Future space is weird. Yeah, yeah, it's weird, but it somehow ties together with. Would, would be grandfather Vader, eh? 
all right, next time I see Vader, I'd be like, bang your daughter out there. <laughs> <laughs> How's that? Uh, suck on that lightsaber, <laughs> hey, man. Man, Harrison Ford is he's like not weird, even though. trying. To do <laughs> he's like, he sounds like crank yankers Way from back book. in the day. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like he's doing like Saul's glasses. <laughs> it's we're making a film, Mister Ford. Is this a bit? Are you doing a bit? I always do bits. <laughs> I'm a wild and crazy guy. <laughs> Your voice just changed. Anyway, sorry, wow. listener. I'm sorry. I really you missed... don't like early SNL. I missed my friend. <laughs> <laughs> oh <No> shit. <laughs> so Harrison Ford's like, all right, we got you guys. Like, we're a good solid five feet underwater, and it's leaking. So now would seem like a good time to dive crazy deep past crush depth that this boat is rated for well we they start doing drills immediately because they've never successfully even done the torpedo as a drill and they're now on the active mission to go do it for real yeah so harrison ford starts drilling them right away he's like all right torpedo drill and they're like they do it they fuck up something fails and then we you know it's like almost like rocky training montage yeah you know? exactly we get, like next day we see the stopwatch going harrison ford is like and go a torpedo drill and you're like that's so different from how you just said it yes and then they do the torpedo drill they do like it's like one of the last ones because he's really working them hard you're yeah. not getting a ton of sleep but he's and he's harrison ford really is embodying like that cold yes. hard soviet leader you know where yep. he's like like but then captain the men are only sleeping four hours a night he's like for russia they should sleep three you know like yeah. he's that kind of hard ass and in the last the last time they do the drill and liam neeson's right there with the men working some of these drills to kind of try and help them because they're just struggling under the yoke of harrison yeah. ford too wounded in the torpedo in the last torpedo drill before they got a hand caught in the fucking chain crank oh my like, god it's so it's god damn it it's gruesome yep dude. it's really like the hand it's a it, because they're working pulleys they're working yep. a chain pulley to basically to move the ammunition around they're moving the nukes the, are all yeah. st- like they're on like um like rack mounted essentially yeah so they get they have to get the chains around the nuke Crank it up on these pulleys and then move it over to load it into the yeah. torpedo bay. And this dude's running the pulley. Fuck. And his hand catches in the chain mm, and God, dude. sucks through the pulley. <laughs> so fucking bad. He pulls that out. And then the other guy who's running over to help this dude is just feeding on more blood. She's thirsty, man. Dude, it feels like the shining underwater. It really it's like does, man. If it feels Chernobyl like... happened in the Overlook and the Overlook Christine. was a submarine. This is Christine and the Mangler, dude. It's yes. just like hungry for blood and it's like wanting more. And it's real. Yeah. That's the most. Oh, it's so scary, yep. dude. This guy goes over to try and help his buddy whose hand is a hamburger. Because he split it like. Like Evil Dead, the remake, like kind of in the fingers, like split. Oh, my God. Mm. This dude runs over, slips in his blood, and then falls and cracks his head on that metal and cracks his fucking head open. So they go and do a report where they're like, uh, one guy's probably never going to use his hand ever again. And this other dude is maybe dead. What do you want to do? And Harrison Ford's like, run it again. Yep. What? What'd you just say? Run it again. And they go from the top. Go. Liam Neeson replaces the dude who got his hand cranked through the pulley. Oh, dude. You, Leeson is... Leeson. It's, yeah, it's, it's working. It's, it's, sticking, it's becoming yeah. a thing. <laughs> so Neeson is working. Fuck it, man. Leeson is working. He's working the pulley. And 
he's not looking at his hands. He's looking at the nuke, and his fingers are within, like, a centimeter of that pulley yeah. every crank. Mm. Hand acting. Yep. I want to give him a hand acting nomination for that, man. That Just watching him work that pulley after just seeing that other dude lose his, his whole fucking hand, hand to it. Mm. It's you're. I'm. I want to throw up right now. I'm getting like that weird like goosebumps on my back. Thinking Good about thing it. Luke's mechanical hand is still on board. <laughs> <I can> just <laughs> that middle. Yeah, just take once you plug it back in the middle finger. Like it's the reset button. It goes beep boop and then the hand <laughs> opens up again. That's it's like it's, it's screen. Inst- the it's screen installed saver. Is firmware. <laughs> um. So Harrison Ford's like, oh, man, these guys are just not getting it. All right. Take us to 300 meters. But crush step is 200 meters, Captain. Well, not quite, but because right. the, the line is, uh, Captain, 300 meters is close to crush step. Right. I know. I'm not sure we can... Oh, and then that's later on. The, I'm not sure we can control an ascent because let's get the descent down first. This right. is... Dude, this is the shit. We didn't get much of this in Hunt for Red October. That was more like sneaking around, yeah, silent exactly. drives. The really scary thing for me about subs is like the super deep depth stuff. Yeah. Because it's like the further you're getting away from air, the further you're getting away from daylight. And there's only so far down you can go. And then there's a crush depth. There's a crush for a depth. Yeah, yeah, where like the the simple like like the weight of water on the up- pounds yeah, per exactly. square foot will become too much for your vessel, and you just crumple like a tin can in a fist. That is crush depth. Is yep. when when that happens. And to it yourself. doesn't happen slowly. You 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 hit a crush depth, and it's impact the whole thing just like all at once is crush. Boom. Yep. It's not like oh we oh we're starting to crush. We should get we should get up now because we're kind of crushing. The, no, it's like once you hit that depth, it just happens. It's instantaneous. It's yeah. like the moment. So you're bending a like a broom straw between two fingers yep. between two fingers. There's not a moment where it's like I'm splitting. There's a moment where it cracks. Exactly. And then pow. Imagine that you're just yeah like you're holding a tin can in a fist, and then if once you hit crush depth, it's literally just like crunch. Yep game it's not oh no they're they're going all oh, the bins the but you will as you're as you're hitting that yeah it's start, as right. you get further it starts will start to, to pop and you're like things will start to crush but once you've hit it you've, once you've hit it you've there's no yeah. going back you've hit it and like so and it's not everyone i feel like a lot of people think that like how how deep can a sub go you know like a thousand meters two thousand meters like a couple miles you're like no not that not that deep like a two like a 200 meter dash half of a track mm-hmm. 200 meters is Fairly deep. Yeah. For these subs. Like yeah, our, exactly. our modern subs have pretty deep. They still can't depths. go very much deeper. I mean, there's only so much technology that can, can do against can gravity. reinforce against yeah, the weight of water on something. Right. I wonder what the maximum crush depth is right now. I'd be interested to see. I would. Bird, can you do some research for us real quick? Got it. Thank you. Bird is doing some research for us. I did get a little peek. It seems like the best modern American new submarine can make it. Do you want to just say it into the mic? You did the research. All right. Um, so the U.S. Los Angeles class sub has a suggested maximum depth of 675 to 900 meters. Wow. Now this is where shit gets pretty crazy. And now that's the so the suggested maximum depth would be like depth at which this will start to break apart. Right. Because I, I think in K-19, they they ask, they're like, what, what, is the, what is the operating depth of this thing? And they say 150 meters, and that's when he says, take us to 300. And they're like, but... we just said 150. You doubled that. Right. Reading over Bird's shoulder just now as she was doing some of that research, um, for they, they'll, like this sub that goes down to 900, it's operating 
depth is 450 meters. So like what it the, so it has gotten it has gotten a little bit deeper. Yeah. Like 300 was going to crush this one. This the new modern subs can go down to about 450, and that's and still like, be like once, operating at capacity. Once you start like, going below 450 meters, though, that's things when, start getting kinky. Yeah, you're not you're now kind of running running in the red. You know, um, now. Bird said that the deepest research sub because those are different. Different, yeah. yeah these we're talking about military submarines, but this is kind of just a cool, yeah, I dig Side it. fact: the deepest research submarine. This is set in 1960. This record, ten thousand nine hundred and sixteen meters. Dude. The average depth of the ocean floor. Bird's killing it. The average depth of the ocean floor is three thousand seven hundred and ninety meters. So, man. There's your sub facts. All right, done with. We're not done with sub corner. We're in a sub movie, it's man. Sub movies, buddy. So there's, yeah, there's your, there's your. I always sub said buoy because like. Boy. Buoy. Buoy. Like because of the, it's in the water. Nautical. Boo- it's a yeah, nautical. It's a nautical thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, <clears throat> ocean. <laughs> um. So they get as they like two fifty. Yeah, the can starts to. Crinkle it, a little bit. There's once we get, I think it's like at 300 because they do hit like t- like 298. Yep. 298 and a quarter, 298 and a third. You know, like they're really watching because now they're you're on the cusp of like forever fucked. Right. And that's when the out- outer panels. This whole time it's been like we've lost power in the rear and like water starting to really come in. Like bolts, you can hear like the pings as like bolts are like too much Snapping tension. And, yeah. And then outside, you see the outer paneling of the sub literally start to, yeah, like dense coming in. That means you're like they're they're on you're there, dude. They're on the razor's edge of crush depth. And he's like, all that I told, let's just stay here for a bit. And everyone's like, Jesus Christ, including you at home on the couch. You're like, uh, I'm gonna vomit. Uh, uh, I'm gonna uh, get throw up. Oh, <laughs> Too deep. Please go back up. I just beg. Oh, dude, it's it's terrifying. You feel everything in this movie. Yeah. Sh- She's Locking. really good at tension, yes. man. Like Hurt yes. Locker is another one where your nerves are just like on fire. The that whole first time. approach to a bomb before you know what the stakes are, yeah. you're just like, you're like, oh my god, not, oh my god. Oh not my god. comfortable. <laughs> yeah. This one, because okay, now we're at we're at crush depth. Like the ship is fucking silent. Everyone's like, these are probably our last moments on Earth. And Harrison Ford leads over to the microphone and he goes, "Missile launch drill, go." They're like, what? what? We're at 300 meters, We're at though. 300 meters. Do you want... What are we doing here? He goes, load it up. Come on. Do your drill. And they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So they start doing the fucking drill, like, with the thing... With the boat kind of coming apart around them a little bit. Like... Yeah. Bing! And then a psh, water spraying in. I do think, like, one of the one of the compartments ends up getting, like, a no, decent amount of it water does. in yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's got It's got some... Uh, flooding there's happening. like a legit power outage but they successfully complete the drill yeah because they like they're so terrified of the situation around them that they just completely revert to their training muscle yes. memory kicks in and they nail it yeah and then he's like all right now send that full speed and they're like what yeah <laughs> the navigator is sitting there in his own piss currently is like we've not done a, a what i would you just say to me one more time sorry i'm i was it sounded like you said something was gonna kill all of us He's like, yeah. go up full speed, like fast as fucking possible. Oh yeah, all right, that's what I thought you said. Yeah, we're good. Picked we're a hell of a day to stop sniffing glue. Yeah. Oh, shit. Bangs the throttle down. Fucking planes at full ascent. They're like just straight up. Everyone's getting the bends. Yeah. The, the, you can hear like the 
the whole as the sub like decompresses, takes a breath out, it's like and they're like Liam Neeson's just staring at Harrison Ford like, if there is opportunity, I will kill you. Exactly. <laughs> Dude, and Harrison I have ear bullets too, you know. Yeah, there and he's like, Every we're all military people here. I've you seen John Wick? Well I've got pencil, baby. I do. <laughs> Don't I have fuck. a very special set of skills. That is, I will, it's in future. I'm later project in development. <laughs> Script look really good. Because you know? she hide under her bed. People come, they, they take, take her. her but I, like, I've got I a very particular set of skills. For right? We will not say CIA, but most likely Look, I, CIA. people, t- they don't like The Fugitive as much. I thought it was a good movie. You were great. You were great in Fugitive. Very yes. good. I mean, honestly, <laughs> even later you eat the, You eat that egg sandwich like it's your motherfucking job. <laughs> Which I suppose is, you are an actor. We are all actors. <laughs> You're like, wow, man. K-19 was like really rocking it. And then Liam Neeson, I guess, just he just shattered the illusion and right. I couldn't buy back in. He was getting messages from the future. <laughs> His agent had called him that morning yes. about this franchise called Taken. Anyway, the uh, navigator turns to Harrison Ford and he goes, I'm not sure we can control an ascent this fast. And Harrison Ford goes, neither am I. Yeah. And you're like, he straight up's like, yeah, I'm not sure either, bud. Yeah, that's what a wild thing I just told you to do. <laughs> Liam Neeson, you can see the early seeds of the mutiny yeah. here. Yeah. Because about half of the men kind of everyone really hates Harrison Ford until yeah. later on when Liam Neeson gives him some good advice and Harrison Ford thaws emotionally a little bit, but some of the men kind of admire the cojones of yes. what happens here because he's like this fucking crazy son of a bitch. Because this is a sea test. Like, <laughs> when they're all yelling at him, Harrison Ford's like, if the boat can't do what I need it to do, then it's better that we all die right now. Yeah, exactly. He straight says that to the Because we either die now group. or later. Yeah. He's like, we could die. We can die this way or we could die because of the same problems under fire later. And right. fail in a mission that would be crucial. And he's not wrong. He's totally right, which is... One of the wi- one of the weirder things about K nineteen is a lot of the really crazy shit that because the movie does something really interesting where at the end it's revealed to you that he is not a crazy every single decision that he made as captain on his boat was yeah. weighed and measured yep. and considered and had a purpose. It wasn't just it comes across as him like just shooting blind he from seems the hip, like a but he is like he has made these decisions based on. The information he has available, he's made the decision. It's, it's not just like, let's, let's do something crazy. I'm a crazy captain. There's a reason behind every single thing that he has done. Right. Yeah, but he's he's like the Stellan Skarsgård character in a way yeah. in Hunt for Red October, which is like his men are like, you know, like we we uh, we can't really – our reactors are already kind of hot. We don't want to go that fast. And he's like full speed ahead. Yeah. And he's, they're like, okay, but we, we can't dive any lower than 50 meters. It takes us to 100 meters, go full speed ahead. And everyone's yeah. like, fuck. You're just crazy. You're it's making just, crazy decisions. Yeah, they, but no, they seem I like to, psychopaths, yeah. but they're riding that like dangerous, that dangerous edge of like. Which is why they're the captains of these vessels. Not, not anybody could do this job. Exactly. And by the end, Liam Neeson recognizes that in Harrison Ford, where he's like, "All oh, right, I he's see. like, okay, you're, we are, we're different types of captains, but they each have that thing, which is like, when you gotta, when you gotta run the engine in the red." You, you do it. You, when you need to roll the dice, you don't flinch. You just roll the dice. Right. That's like half of the half of these, all of these like sub commanders we've been watching. It's nerve, man. Yeah. Like ha- the the Sean Connery character catching his drink 
like hand the upside. Tea, the yeah, stink. catching his tea upside down as the boat like tips, barely missing a rock wall, smiling at his second. You know, you're like, yeah. Okay, well, that's why, you know, smiling over at number one, you're like, that's why you're the captain and I'm number that's one. That's why you sit in the big chair. Fuck yeah. yeah. He's like, I get the jump seat and it's because of this ice watery 